our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Liz. And we host the Mom Deconstructed podcast. We interview moms to find out the real story of their mothering journey. Motherhood is the most difficult job there is, but unless we allow ourselves to create community and accept the help of others, it can be a very lonely endeavor. Let's get beyond the superficial, delve into the dreams that inspire us, the struggles that test us, and the conversations that connect us. You can listen to Mom Deconstructed anywhere you get your podcasts, from the Parents on Demand Network and at momdeconstructed.com. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast. We're so excited to have you here. Today is birth story day. You know what it's about. So we're going to get into some really cool stuff. Um, Before we do that, just a couple of reminders and notes and things for you to be aware of. First of all, where you're listening to the podcast, you can be listening in the Parents on Demand app. Parents on Demand is the network that we are a part of. You can download the app on your iPhone or your Android device. You could also go to parentsondemand.com to check us out there, as well as all the other amazing shows that that we get to be a part of this network with. So go there for all of your conversations, resources from preconception, pregnancy, birth, parenting, beyond. It's it's all there for you. So go there, check that out. Also, how you can connect with us. We appreciate all of your likes, subscribes, comments, reviews, whether you drop us a rating or a review in iTunes. Thank you so much. Or Apple Podcasts, I guess it's called now. Uh, your messages on Instagram, D-I-A-H Podcast, or going to our website, diahpodcast.com and checking out whatever we've got going on there. All the things like our shop where you can buy your doing it at home gear, your have babies where you make them shirt, your let's talk home birth shirt, and not just shirt, tank. It's warming up in most parts of the world right now, a lot of parts of the world. Um, Your sweatshirt or hoodie, if it's getting colder in your part of the world, we got you covered. So go there and check out the shop. All those links to Everything I basically just said, including our social media and our private Facebook page, are in the show notes. So go there, see those links, and you can get get popping. Whatever, whatever interests you, you can go check all of that out there. Okay, today's birth story, 
hold on to your hats because it is quite the ride and it's really magical and really awesome. We're talking to Linnea Crawl about a lot, including her birth story. Um, so she and her husband, Daniel, were experiencing infertility and they went through that challenge for quite a while. Um, and Linnea herself is a RN turned doula. So she is all about empowering birth conversation and is in the world of birth work. Um, so moving through that infertility process, they learned that basically to get pregnant and have biological children was medically impossible. And that term was actually used medically impossible. So they had planned on fostering children at some point in their family planning as well. So they moved up that timeline and fostered two beautiful little girls, Winnie and Lissa, and a month and a half later got pregnant, found out they were pregnant. So already you are like, what? Where is this going? It's so amazing. Um, so we talk about why home birth came into the scene for them, what, what reasons went into them deciding on home birth, as well as some of the surprises that came up in birthing time and what it's like to go from a family of two to a family of five in essentially less than a year. Um, so it's incredible and I know you're going to love it. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, Linnea. Welcome to the show. How are you? Good. How are you? We are awesome. Yeah, because we're talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're excited to be here. Definitely love yeah. uh, love everything we've, we know so far about you and your birth story. <laughs> so we're just excited to really dig into all of it. Yeah, I'm excited to get into it. Yeah. So why don't you set the scene for us and um, share with us your your family and where you live and what you're up to? Sure. Um, well, I am Linnea, and I am married to Daniel. Uh, we have been married for almost eight years, um, and we live in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, um, which is pretty much Amish country, but we live in a little city, a uh, really artsy, cool little city right inside uh, of all of that Amish land. And um, and we have three beautiful children, um, two daughters uh, through foster care, and uh and then a biological son um and our daughters are winnie and lissa and then lewis is our son and he's just about 11 months old um so yeah we are um my husband's a pastor um and we just kind of live a very fun flexible life uh, <laughs> around here and i'm a doula uh by trade well an, a nurse by trade actually first and then um i left that to raise our babies and um and I'm also a doula. So, yeah, we have a lot of fun. That's amazing. Yeah, Full house, a lot of things going on. I yeah. love how um, very service-minded and oriented as well. It sounds like you are important in your communities, and I'm sure mm -hmm. people are grateful to have you all up there in Lancaster. Yeah, we love it here. And, yeah, we love – I mean, most people, honestly, that's the thing. Like, we stepped out and kind of did the, these really crazy things, and – we could not do it without our village. Like they are just, um, yeah, we just feel really loved and surrounded. So like 
for those who don't actually, you know, make those big jumps. Like there's still so many things that people can do and uh, how they can help. And we've just been so blessed by so many people. So yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Wow. So would you share with us a little bit of, you know, it's been a, a journey, right, to to where mm-hmm. you are now and some of it whirlwind, you know, that we'll get into. But, <laughs> um, you know, you and Daniel had some challenges, some struggles with fertility. And um, would you mind yes. just sharing a little bit of that and what that, you know, impact has been for you, you know, both of you and then, you know, to where you are now? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, so we got married, always wanting children. Um, we didn't want them right away. Like we were great just having a bit of our own time. Mm-hmm. And so I think about um, maybe three or four years into our marriage, we decided that we were ready um, to begin our family. Uh, and so we started trying and, um, and you know, kind of figured that it would, like anyone else, happen very quickly. Um, where we live here uh, in Lancaster, it's very like everybody just pops out babies all the time. Mm. Um, and so it is like big families are the norm. Um, and it's, you know, you start out really young. Um, and so it's just very much a thing that we we just took for granted. Um, we did not expect it to be an issue. Um, we always wanted to adopt and we always wanted to have foster kids, but we anticipated it being, you know, someday when our our biological children were older um, and we could do that as a family. Um, We didn't expect it to be um, kind of in the order that it ended up happening. Um, But yeah, so we started trying and um, I was already a doula at that time, uh, really in love with birth. And so, you know, I jumped way ahead and was hoping, you know, was already planning births and was already like, um, just ready, ready, ready to be a mom. And, uh, it wasn't happening. And so that was really, really hard. Um, and I had irregular cycles and things like that. So it was a bit unpredictable, Mm -hmm. um, in our efforts to try and that made it a bit challenging. Um, but we waited about a year to get evaluated. Um, we had heard that, you know, a year is when you kind of, um, after that, it's not normative anymore that, um, that it's not working. Mm-hmm. And so at around a year, we went and saw our doctor, uh, who's incredible. And she was like, okay, let's run the, you know, the gamut of tests. And first she actually wanted to test my husband because that's cheaper and quicker <laughs> and, um, you know, easier if it is that mm-hmm. issue. And it in fact was, um, we ended up finding out that he had male factor infertility and, um, that there were no sperm at all. So, um, zero. And so it wasn't like they just weren't moving enough. It wasn't like they weren't fast enough. It wasn't, you know, there wasn't, um, really a whole lot that you could improve on. Um, we were pretty much told that it was impossible. Um, our doctor said that she had never seen uh, a zero sperm count. Um, and so it was just, we were told something that was genetic from birth and that he couldn't have fixed it if he tried. Um, and so it was just one of those things where we were, we were heartbroken. Um, and it was just really, really, really devastating. Um, and so, uh, we are people of faith. And so we, uh, had people pray with us. 
um, about it. And then we also took a lot of natural steps to, um, to see what we could do. Uh, you know, we felt like that was not the end of the road for us for biological children, Mm -hmm. but we, you know, we just didn't know. And so we went to acupuncturists and we went on the Western A price diet. Um, and we did all the things. Um, and, and then, you know, after just intensely praying for a while, um, we felt, uh, prompted to end up beginning the foster care process instead. Um, so we decided that we were just gonna not stop trying, but that we were just going to move a different direction. And, uh, so we, ended up beginning the process to become foster parents. We were really excited and, you know, it's a lot of unknown. Um, and that is a very kind of just putting your, your hands out there and saying like, whatever happens is, mm. um, you know, like we didn't know how many children we would get. We did not know, um, you know, if we would get a baby, I've always been in love with babies. And so it was like just this weird thing to wrap your mind around. And, uh, but we felt we were really on the same page about it. Um, and so, you know, we just actively started pursuing that. And it takes about six months or so to get your licensing and all the paperwork together and everything for them to determine that you're a safe family. Mm-hmm. And we did that. And my husband started a new job. And then a week after he started his new job, uh, we got a phone call for two sweet little girls. Um, at the time, they would have been three and one. Um, and essentially they said, could you be here at the caseworker's office in an hour? Um, and we didn't have a reason to say no. And so we said yes and, uh, called our friends and they went to our house and set up beds and set up cribs and set up like all got, got us clothes and all of the things that we could need for the girls. And, um, and we went and we picked them up. And we met them and we said hi and we took them to Chick-fil-A and we like <laughs> just stared at each other and we're like, what is going on here? You know? Wow. And, um, that's amazing. We had no, mm-hmm. it's really crazy. It's really crazy. So my husband almost passed out walking into the, uh, the courthouse because he was like, this is massive, you know, like this is just wild and, uh, ended up there just the most incredible, incredible girls. And, uh, you know, when you get that call, you don't know if they are going to be a permanent part of your family forever or if they're going to be there for two weeks. Uh, you have no idea. Um, and so we just said yes. And that was kind of it. And um, two years later, they are still a part of our family. Um, they're still in foster care technically, but we are moving towards adopting them. Um, but yeah, so we just kind of stared at each other all night long that night and just tried to get to know them and um, learn their stories and they barely spoke any words and it was just really wild. Um, So, so that was that. And um, yeah, yeah, that was that. uh, (laughs) To summarize (laughs) the sentence. (laughs) Wow. But then you got a curveball, right? Right. Right. So about a month later, uh, well, a month and a half later, um, I hadn't gotten a period for like eight days and that wasn't particularly new for me. Um, but my husband was like, you probably should just check, like take a pregnancy test, whatever. 
So I took the test and I went and changed a poopy diaper and then I went back to check the test, totally expecting it to be negative like a million before. (sighs) And it was positive. And I like freaked out and um, I was home alone and I mean with the girls, but he was at work and I called him and you know, when you have infertility, you kind of still hope that, um, you know, you over plan. So like you plan how you're going to tell each other and you plan how you're going to tell your families and all of that. Well, that all went out the water. (laughs) And um, (laughs) I just called him and I'm like, you need to come home right now. You need to, um, I have something massive to tell you. And he's like, I can't leave. I just started this new job. Like I cannot leave. And I'm like, okay, well I'm pregnant. And he's like, what now? Uh. (laughs) Um, and so he's like, go take two more tests and then call me back. <laughs> and uh, there was like <laughs> almost no celebrating. It was just full on shock. And we, um, so I took two more tests and they were all positive. And so I called him back and I said, nope, it's real, you know? And he's like, okay, I'm going to need a little time to digest this information. We barely know these two children that are in our house. And now you're telling me you're pregnant. Um, yeah, so like I if will he, come and talk to you. <laughs> if he almost passed out in the courthouse, I can imagine right, where, right. what he's doing exactly. on this phone call. <laughs> exactly. This is just, you know, it's a bit of a hot mess. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, you tell me when you're ready to talk about it. And so he comes home, he doesn't talk about it. He's not, you know, for like two days. <laughs> we did not bring it up at all. Wow. And, um, And then finally, we were able to just really soak it in and just, um, yeah, we let it hit us. And we were so thrilled and so grateful, Um, just that it was this complete and total miracle we could not have ever anticipated happening. Um, And so, yeah, it was really wild. We told our families pretty much right away. And... um, Yeah. So it's just been, I mean, from that moment, like I could not stop crying. I could not stop like just being so overwhelmed by the fact that I get to do this. Like I get to do what I've always hoped for, um, in carrying a baby. And so it was just surreal and, uh, a bit of a whirlwind. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so I have a question and that's because I'm sure people are probably wondering it. I'm in the space of probably my own, you know, assumptions about it is I believe it's all of it that contributed to you being pregnant. I believe it's a combination of, you know, the the seen and the unseen and and all of that. Is is there any, did did you do any exploring into, you know, physically, scientifically, medically, how you were able to become pregnant? We haven't actually. my husband is convinced that um, that it's no longer an issue. We yeah. don't know. Yeah, we, I totally we, get that. Yeah, they um, they had had us like they said that there was a possibility that he could have a surgery that would um, allow him to uh, like that he was producing sperm, right. but they just were not exiting his body. Um, and so we were going to have that surgery and everything, but then like all of this kind of like. I mean, the foster care stuff just kind of put that on pause for a little while. Um, And then we never did. And 
it's still just, um, it still happens. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we fully believe that, you know, um, like I said, that, that we just were meant to have these girls and right. then, yeah. um, and that was how our family was meant to form. Um, and I'll be honest, like there's a lot of emotions with that. Like there's, you know, sometimes we have struggles where we wish that, um, we would have gotten to do it like everyone else where we get to ease into things a little bit more. And, uh, you know, but they are just the best things that have ever happened to us. So it's really, you know, we're really, really grateful in the end of how it all unfolded. Um, and we do hope to have more biological children, um, someday we're going to take a little bit of (laughs) pause, I think, uh, and still, you know, two years, well, yeah, since they came two years later, we're still kind of adjusting, but it's all good and all wonderful. So yeah, for sure. Lene, I appreciate you being real and just sharing that, you know, there are times when you do wish you were able to ease into things a little bit more because, Mm -hmm. you know, everything that you've shared from what you initially wrote in our conversations up until now have, you know, it's like it's a beautiful blessing and it's something to be grateful for. And it is right. And we all acknowledge that. And at the same time, a lot of stuff went down in a very short period of time. So, you know, it, I think for everybody listening, like, I, I think it's just really refreshing that, you know, you can just be honest and say, yes, we are grateful and it is a blessing. And still, you know, yeah, it's been a lot, and mm-hmm. and we do. It has times, been a lot. Yeah, like at, we at times we wish that it could have we could have eased into it because, you know, just with with our journey, Sarah and myself, and so many of the people we talk to, it's like there are these amazing things that that come and the amazing things that you experience, but there are also things mm-hmm. that that aren't as pleasant, stuff that sucks, stuff right. that is challenging, right. and you know, right. to to acknowledge both sides of it, I think is very healthy. Yeah. It doesn't diminish the other. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, no, I think, and, and, you know, I mean, in, in a lot of ways, you know, the parts that were hard were also blessings. And it's kind of this weird thing because it's like, I didn't get to overthink my pregnancy um, in the sense that like, you know, how when first time moms, they often, in wonderful ways, like they're very sensitive to everything going on in their body. They're very sensitive to, you know, what's happening. And I kind of had to keep my head down and keep going. Um, and it wasn't really an option. I didn't even really get to like have morning sickness. Not that like I, like I did have it, but I couldn't really be down for the count um, in a sense. So like there was a lot that I, you know, didn't end up focusing on. And in a lot of ways, like, you know, our, our son is very much a third child. Like he's got, um, that kind of personality, very easygoing, very, um, role with everything. And I think that's because like he, you know, he adapted even inside of me and, um, we've just rolled with the punches ever since. Um, but yeah, it's definitely unique because we're carrying our newborn baby to court houses and we're doing all sorts of appointments and meeting biological family and you know at the very same time that we are adjusting to our brand new biological baby and um you know all of this that entails so it's it is it's really um it's definitely heavy and it's definitely hard and our girl story is hard um and we don't want to diminish that um and then at the same time like 
it's weird because it's how our family was formed. And so, um, so we're also equally excited about it. Yeah, totally. And it's a, it's a, yeah. a thing that through your work and I imagine your husband's work, like you get a, you get a chance to help and touch and impact so many people by mm. what you've experienced and be able to, to pass lessons on to others because you do have a, a, a unique and beautiful situation. And, mm. um, so yeah. I imagine that folks, when you do get a chance to talk to them, you know, in your doula work and everything, it's like, oh, yeah. well, let me sh- let me share with you this perspective on it, or let me give you this piece of advice because mm-hmm. I've experienced this, and you know, and this on top of it, right, right, yeah, so, exactly. So, how did how did home birth enter the scene for you <laughs> <laughs> in the midst of everything else? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> well. Um, by trade, I'm a nurse, mm-hmm. um, and I worked in a hospital um, prior to having kids, and um, and I never loved it. Uh, I never loved, you know, I always wanted to help people, but I didn't actually feel as a nurse that I was really helping many because I was mostly documenting and mostly in the midst of just a lot of stress, and it was just very... Um, it was a very hard season for me in that, in that work environment. And so I had a lot of trepidation when I was thinking about birthing in a hospital. I just felt very, um, yeah, just really uneasy about it. And like the beeping and all of the noises and all of the things and the medicalized everything um, that I just didn't feel like that was where I would feel safest or most comfortable. Um and by nature, I'm just a very home-oriented person. I, um, I'm very much about the experience of things, and so I knew that if it um, didn't go how I hoped, in in a lot of senses, at least didn't feel how I hoped it would feel, um, that there would be regret. And having the story that we have, I didn't want. You know, we didn't know, and we still don't know if he would be our only biological child. And so I was like, if I got one shot at this, <laughs> um, then I'm going to do it how I want to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, my husband was a little nervous. I will be honest. Um, he, he was so much more on board with like, let's just go check in, do the birth thing, check out, come home kind of a thing. And you know, what's all this planning for? Um, and but, you know, he was very understanding and very much like, I understand that this is something that you love and that birth is um, very important to you, obviously. So we ended up compromising on a birth center. Um, and we have one about 40 minutes from our house. Uh, that was really nice. And we've had a lot of friends um, who've delivered there and they have great luck and um, it just goes really well. Um, and so until I was about 20 weeks pregnant, we were doing all of our prenatals there and, um, pretty much had that as our plan. Uh, and then I don't know what happened. I cannot remember the real turning point, but I pretty much was like, oh, oh, um, they still had about maybe eight or 10 midwives there. And you still didn't really know who you were going to get for your birth. And for me, that kind of that was just a bit of a struggle because I really love getting to know people personally and wanted to 
have an understanding of who was going to be my midwife um, delivering our baby. And so, um, so I kept just bringing it up slightly, kind of quietly, kind of trying to be um, understanding to my husband and saying like, so if we're going to go give birth in a home like environment, why not just give birth at home? You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, why can't we just, instead of having to guess when we need to get there, why don't we just have them decide when to come to us, you know, <laughs> and, uh, like just all those sorts of little things that I would just, you know, in a lot of ways it's easier. Uh, and for me felt more, like natural to um, toward the progression of labor, just of saying like, if I go into labor in the middle of the night, we don't have to drive anywhere. Like we can just be at home. Uh, And so over time between that and watching YouTube videos of home birth deliveries and watching the business of being born with him and various things, um, he was, he just kind of said, okay, like if this is what you want, let's do it. And so we did, um, we found a midwife who I felt really, really comfortable with. Um, really, she was just so safe. And so it was a two partner office. So we met both of them and we just really felt at ease. Um, and yeah, we just, the rest is history as far as deciding on the home birth. Mm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Got it. It's powerful. It's beautiful. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> then what was it like in preparation for birth and then also having, you know, two kiddos and, and you know, how were you planning that along with what you were envisioning for the birth? Yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of, I mean, obviously strange and unique in the fact that I had no idea what to expect as far as like I'm a doula, but you don't know yeah. what it feels like yourself. Yeah. Um, and then also having toddlers, um, but having never given birth. And so, um, so we had to plan with, for the, the like logistics of having multiple children. Um, so we had, you know, neighbors who were willing to take the kids in the middle of the night and we had, uh, in-laws who were going to come pick up during the day if that was the case. And I will say that we did not share that we were having a home birth with almost anyone. Mm. Um, we come from a very medicalized family. And so we didn't want input as far as, you know, whether or not they felt comfortable with our choices. Um, we just wanted to, we felt really at peace with what we had decided. And so we just left it pretty much at that. So really the only people who knew were my doula, um, my mom, and, and Dan. And so, um, so we had set up everything and just pretty much said, when we decide that we're going to the hospital or like when labor really kicks in, could you take the kids kind of a thing? Um, not really saying that the birth was going to end up being at our home. Uh, and so, so we kind of made all of those plans. It was definitely, um, and I will say like one of my favorite decisions that we made was that 
the girls would be away for about a week um, after the baby was born uh, with family, uh, with our families, so that we could just, we could get to be those people who, um, who get to soak up that baby love, (laughs) uh, you know, that happens in that first week. And it was just so, yeah, I mean, I'm jumping ahead, but it was really a precious time for us. And just was a really great decision that we could just, you know, we could just focus on him. Uh, and, you know, and us as a couple too, and what that, you know, what that means for, for, you know, a couple. So, Mm -hmm. so the start to labor was interesting in that it, it kind of took a while, (laughs) I guess, or there were some, you know, interesting moments. Can you walk us through, um, you know, when you realized labor was starting and then, you know, how birth flowed? Sure. Sure. So, um, in true form of our story, we, um, it's kind of like hurry up and wait and then go, 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 go. Uh, and so we, I had about three weeks of what I would call prodromal labor of just, you know, on and off contractions and tired and feeling like just done. And we had a very important court date for the girls. Um, on, sorry, I'm trying to think of my dates. It was on May 15th, um, which he was born on the 16th. And I thought that I would be, I would have had a baby by then. Like, I'm not going to go to that court date. It's fine. Like my husband will go, we'll make it work and I'll have had this baby. Well, I've learned since that your body kind of knows what you need. And, um, and knew that I needed to be there. Um, and so I ended up being about three weeks late, uh, for my original due date. And I had these lovely midwives who were totally okay with that. Um, and so I ended up going to a court date, nine months pregnant and contracting, um, and which is always a very stressful experience and things. And so that was, you know, just kind of funny on top of it. And then once it was over, literally like the verdict was read and it was declared that the girls would be with us, um, what looked like permanently. Mm. And, uh, I had a five minute long contraction right when that verdict was read. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And so it was just this crazy thing of like, already then, like now it's time. Um, and so I had discussed my midwives did not feel comfortable with me going much longer than a few more days after that point. And so we had talked a, a plan through, um, if I did end up making it that long, um, then I would end up taking castor oil to kind of get things rolling. And so I called them and I said, listen, like I'm starting to have contractions that feel more real, uh, more intense. And, um, but should I still be taking the castor oil? And they said, yes, uh, just because we were kind of on a timeline at that point um, before I would need to be induced in, in a hospital. And I did not want that. So I was like, okay, castor oil it is, um, which I've, you know, you've heard all the horror stories of, and it really was not that bad. Um, <laughs> but so I took that just one dose. <coughs> and, um, that was in the evening. We put the girls to bed. Um, we decided to go to sleep 
and it was around like 8.30, I went to sleep. And by 11 p.m., things had pretty much hit uh, as far as contractions. Well, what I was calling waves at the time um, were very intense. And I felt like I needed my husband's help um, to get through them. And it was just moving right along. Like I could just tell it was starting to feel really like overtaking. Um, So I woke him up and we decided to let the girl sleep. Um, that I would just labor because I didn't know how long it would take, um, that I would just labor until we didn't feel like it was a good choice anymore for them to be there, but they were sleeping well, so it was fine. Um, and, uh, by around midnight, uh, it was getting even more intense and I felt like we really needed to call, um, our doula and my mom. Uh, those were the two people and our birth photographer. Those were the people that we had planned on being here. Um, my mom was like, I know that you guys often talk about who's your birth team going to be. And my mom is my most favorite person in the whole world. Um, but my husband was nervous because, you know, her and I have such a strong bond that he was afraid that her being there would take away from him and my Mm. time together. Yes. Um, and so we had kind of, we had really prepped her in advance and said, listen, like, I love you. I want you to be here and I want you to witness the birth of your grandbaby, but um, this is still me and Dan's time together to, you know, um, to share. And she totally understood and was very receptive. And she was, um, the plan was for her to be kind of our, um, what anyone needed, she would help with. So like she would make coffee and she would make food and she would bring wine and she Mm -hmm. like had all the things that, um, you know, she had this whole list that was hers to kind of handle, making sure that everyone was good, making mm-hmm. sure that our doula, you know, stopped and um, ate and that he stopped and ate and that our midwives recovered. And, you know, just everybody knew what was up and she was kind of coordinating. That's and so great. that was great because I yeah. had someone who knew my home, who knew me, who knew what I needed, but wasn't like she wasn't all up in it right. <laughs> all the time. Um, yes. And so that was really helpful. I appreciate you sharing that um, for those who are, you know, working on their birth team dynamics or if there are some conversations to be had, how important that is to communicate and not just make some sort of assumptions that your mom would know all of that or that she would just go with that and like fall in line. She might not know that. And, you know, how great for her to have you be clear on that. So now she knows like maybe she didn't want to do that and thought that's what you did want her to do. Like who knows? You don't know what's going on in everyone's brain. So it's really great to get that out there beforehand um, to just be clear on those expectations and the, the energy balance of everyone. Because yeah, if that's what you want in your birth and that's what you and, you know, Dan had decided on, then yes, because that is a very important um, moment and intimate time for you all. And if Dan wants to be involved in that sort of way, he should have that. And so I just really, I think that's awesome that you shared that. And it seems like it was addressed in a very mature, healthy way. Yeah. And she was so receptive. Like she wanted clear directions. I think that we presume that people just have these visions of what they want, you know, and, and we cater to that instead of like, no, this is our story and we can decide, um, where everyone fits and how all of the pieces play out. Um, and ironically it was amazing to have her there and she was actually more involved than we originally anticipated when we asked her to be, Mm. um, like in the middle of the birthing process, like she came, um, my doula had just had a baby also. And so 
she needed to stop and breastfeed. So my mom would come and help out a little bit more or, um, my husband needed a break, you know, it was got long and we had been up since 6am the day before kind of a thing. So it's like, you know, just, she was still able to be really there. And it was just great to have those boundaries set in the first place because we could, you know, when we wanted to cross those boundaries, when we wanted to invite her in in a different way, we could, but, but they were established in the first place that we didn't have to, if we didn't want to. Mm. And so that was just really, yeah, that was really key. Mm. Um, And we have a really tiny house. Like I should be very clear that our house is so, so small and our bedroom was like, like just fits our bed. And so like we had all of these people all up in it. Like it just wouldn't work to have so many people at one time in the room doing that. Like it needed to be very clear where people were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So Oof. anyway. So you mentioned um, long. <laughs> you mentioned a long time there. So, kind of a little marathon action going on. Well, yeah, I was getting there. Um, I mean, actually, things really progressed so fast. Um, okay. Originally. Okay. <laughs> um, we, uh, you know, so by like, I went into active labor at 11 p.m. And by 1 a.m., our doula, our midwife, my mom was there. Everyone was like rocking and rolling. We had set up the birth tub in this little like nook that we have upstairs. Um, and so that was getting filled and it was all going perfectly it was so magical we had candles lit and music playing and I had set up all sorts of playlists for the different vibes I might want and uh we even watched like in between when it wasn't quite as crazy and quite as intense we watched um I don't know if you're familiar with the backup plan the movie and there's this funny home birth scene where they're like chanting and shouting and it's hilarious have definitely and um (laughs) yeah so we watched that like to like you know just to laugh for a while and just really good it was really sweet um and a lot of just time between dan and i so it was it was honestly pretty romantic and yeah it was really lovely um and so by around six or seven in the morning uh i was fully dilated i was 10 centimeters and um so we thought, oh, this is cake. Not cake, as in it wasn't cake, Right, but, but, you know. <laughs> uh, but, like, okay, this went a lot faster than I anticipated. Um, the hardest part was that I had back labor, and so that was really, really, really intense. Um, but the rest was very, yeah, it just had gone more, more smoothly than I anticipated. And so um, the girls woke up for the day, and they were like, why is mommy, you know, shouting at times <laughs> and um and so that they have this had we have really cool pictures of them like staring at me <laughs> like what is going on here why is she in the big tub in the middle of the you know hallway um and so they go where they need to go and um and my midwife was like all right if you feel ready to push then let's go for it and i didn't feel super quote unquote pushy at the time but um, I wanted to give it a little bit of a shot in in the um, birth pool. And so I did, and nothing was happening. Um, there just wasn't a whole lot of progress being made. And so midwives are amazing, and they had every trick in the book um, as far as maneuver this way and 
put your rear in the air this way and, you know, move this leg to this direction and whatnot. And it just, things really were not shifting uh, very much. So we did end up moving to the bed, which was not anticipated. I really expected having a water birth. Um, and uh, ironically, the most comfortable spot for me was on my back uh, in a typical, like what you see in the movie is kind of birth pose. And I was not expecting that. It's not what you hear, but that was comfy for me. Um, and that's where I felt like I could give the most strength to push. Mm. Um, and so we did that for a while and, um, would alternate between being on my back and then being on the toilet back and forth, back and forth. Finally, you could see his head. This was about three hours later. Um, and you could see his head, but it just wasn't going anywhere. And so they were like, you can keep pushing. And I was like, I'm going to keep pushing. Like, this is, We're going to do this at home. Like I was so, so determined. Yeah. Um, and so after three hours of him crowning, um, oh my goodness. yeah, there was nothing else, no other positions, no other things that were going to fly. And so we had the conversation of, should we be transferring to the hospital at this point? Mm-hmm. Um, I was really, really, really not, not okay with that, yeah. but I was exhausted at that point and it was like the middle of the day and yeah, it just was, I was ready for it to be done. Um, and so we called an ambulance and I had to walk down our stairs, <laughs> um, crowning. So that was oh my really oh, eventful. It was, yeah, that was something. And then, um, kind of made a little bit of a show for the neighbors as far as getting out to the ambulance and things like that. But, <laughs> Were they um, outside like watching because the lights and everything? Yeah. Went? Oh yeah. Everybody oh, was boy. like saying, Hey, cause we're like all friends. And, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's like a city. So it's not yeah. um, like we live in, in the burbs and they could have come in a driveway. It's yeah. Just, yeah. So it was, it was all good. It was all fine. By that point, I could have cared less and it was fine. And the ambulance people were so kind and very understanding. And my midwife went with us and my mom drove behind us and, um, and yeah, they had me covered. I felt really safe. Mm. Um, we had talked out the plan enough that I was not worried at all. I didn't care any longer about beeps or whatever. It just, it was just good. Like we were just there. We had done the whole labor and pretty much the whole birth at home, except for the very last part. <laughs> um, and so the hospital's like five minutes away and we got there. They got me into triage. Um, they asked if I wanted an epidural. I was very surprised to why huh. I'm like, I can't even sit up. Yeah. Um, they really wanted to push medicalized even then, even mm-hmm. when I was crowning. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, I was so glad that I had a midwife I could trust to say, we don't need to do that. Right. Um, and so, and my husband was awesome at being just this really great advocate. He was like, no, she does not want that. Let's just get this baby out. Like, come on, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so we get to the delivery room. I think this is a total of maybe 10 minutes since we got there. Um, the doctor comes in and she was really sweet. And she's like, let me just see you try to push once. Um, during a contraction. So I did. And she's like, yeah, he's not budging. Um, 
can I use the vacuum? And so I agreed mm-hmm. to that. And within one push, he came flying out <laughs> um, wow. with like the vacuum on. I mean, it was like completely rapid and they threw him up on my chest and it was beautiful and magical and everything. He looked like a complete and total little alien and it was awesome. Yeah, I was wondering <laughs> uh, there had to have been some molding, right? With four hours oh, hanging yeah. out there. And he was like just hanging out right there. He had a massive cone head. Uh, he was pretty mm-hmm. purple, but he wasn't the thing was is that and he remains to this day to be the steadiest kid. Like he never, ever, ever was in distress. Mm-hmm. Like I felt very confident to continue trying to deliver him at home because his heart rate was 120 the entire time. Wow. Um, he never changed. He was just on it. And so it was fine. Like we could try as much as we could, but he just still wasn't coming. Come to find out at the end that the reason was because his fist was up by his head mm-hmm. um, and his cord was wrapped around his neck three times, uh, wrapped around all of it his arm and wow. his head so um, cord. three times. Yeah. Yeah. It was really long. Um, so, so yeah, so there was really no way he could have made that final little jump, I guess you could say right, himself. Right. Um, and he needed a little bit of a push. Um, but it was really so wonderful, um, to have him out. And it was, you know, just, it still was perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, it still was perfect. And so like I was just on cloud nine. I couldn't even hear anyone talking. I was just like only focusing on him. I did not know at the time that he was a boy, we were being surprised and mm-hmm. I didn't even get to look like to see what he was. And so everybody's like, did you hear them say it's a boy? Did you hear, you know, and I'm like, what? you know, so it was really fun. Um, and my mom got to be there and watch it. And my husband was just, weeping and it was gorgeous um and then uh yeah the rest is kind of history he we announced his name uh which is lewis daniel wilder crawl and everybody was crying and it was wonderful (laughs) and then um and it was really cool too um just another little side note of like being taken care of um being in the birth world i have a lot of friends in the birth world and one of my friends worked at the hospital and was on shift that day and was my nurse um, oh, wow. to That's take care cool. of me and coach me through those final few pushes. Um, and so it was like my doula couldn't be there um, because she had a little baby at the time. And so it was just like perfect that I had this person to help me through it. And, um, you know, it just everything was the way that I needed it to be. Um So, yeah, that was really awesome. And the one I will say, like, kind of not my, I mean, going to the hospital was not my plan, obviously. Um, But, you know, you make those contingency plans. Like you say, if I have to go to the hospital, then this, 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 and this. Mm -hmm. And the one thing was that the doctor um, who was pretty medicalized, like, immediately cut the cord, immediately tugged on my placenta and pulled it out. Um, and those were things that I had not hoped for. Um, I was hoping for delay cord clamping and for, you know, just letting my body kind of do what it needed to do as far as the placenta was concerned. And all of that did not happen. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, 
I mean, I was bummed, but uh, of all of the things that worked out in our favor, that was kind of minor. Um, but yeah, it is still interesting how even when you have a plan and even all of that, like some people still won't listen. So it was just, um, yeah. Anyway, that's a side note. But mm. all of that to say that we hung out in the hospital for about 24 hours. Um, we kind of pushed to get home as quickly as we can. I, you know, made it very clear that I had a midwife who would be coming in and checking on us um, often. Mm-hmm. And so they were fine with letting us go a little bit early. Um, and we got to have this, uh, like, three, four something full days of just baby bliss, of just home, tucked in our beds, like, watching movies, sleeping, and nuzzling this little, little sweet boy. So, um, so yeah, it was really, it was really magical. And we still, you know, I think that was the part that I was saddest about was that if we went to the hospital, we wouldn't get that immediate, like tuck into bed, be in our own home, be in our own space. And we didn't get it as immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, but we still did get that. And our midwives did check in, uh, really often. They came like the very next day, and then they came at day like five and then two weeks. And so we were able to really keep an eye on everyone and um, just recover. So and get to know him. <laughs> so it was pretty great. Wow. 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 So <laughs> family of five in, in less than family a year. Family of five in less than a year. So Ooh. it was, um, yeah, he was born in May and the girl's year anniversary was in June. So it was 11 months total that they came. Uh, and now we are almost into year two with Mm -hmm. them. So it's just, yeah, it's been a whirlwind. It's been really crazy. And they, I mean, uh, like they love their brother so Mm -hmm. much. It is the sweetest thing you have ever seen. And he adores them. Like we just, their relationship when when he was born it really I think it's kind of solidified everyone's place in the family Mm -hmm. a little bit um and it helped them kind of take ownership of the fact like he's our brother too right and um so everybody just settled in more when he came and he's just always been such a gift and such a joy uh literally the happiest baby you've ever seen (laughs) I mean he doesn't like you know he still doesn't sleep through the night all those things that people expect but it's all good. Like It's just, you know, when you roll with it, works out. So, um, <sighs> but yeah, they are really great for each other and we are just, yeah, we're crazy happy. So you sound like it. Yeah. <laughs> I, can feel that. yeah I can feel that energy coming through the good. mic. Well, we are so grateful that you could take time to just share a bit of, you know, this, whole whirlwind that you've got going on there and yeah. you know what you've been creating and what you've been building as far as your relationship with Dan and now as parents and your family and uh, the dynamics mm-hmm. of it and then your journey into birth. It's just all really amazing. I feel like we went on a, a huge like odyssey here with you today mm-hmm. just in terms of, you know, the whole thing. So I'm just, I'm so grateful that you were able to, um, 
you know, illuminate parts of that so that I'm, I'm sure anyone listening right now got a, a bunch of different things that they can take into their own experience, mm. you know, regardless of where they're at in, you know, conception, pregnancy or motherhood. I feel like there's so much to glean from what you shared. So I'm just very grateful for you mm. and your whole family. And just thanks so much for being here with us, Linnea. You are fantastic. Yes. Wow. Thank you so much. It's been such a joy. And uh, yeah, you guys are awesome. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved? Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higg. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts. <laughs>